Hey, friends. I just had a nice nap. I don't know if it's nice. I might be more tired now than I was. I fall asleep, just go, yoo-hoo, do. Hey, Rachie. Hi, Kimmy. I was just about to cut and paste this goddamn link to you. Do you think I can do the podcast like this? Do you think this is a problem? I think it's totally appropriate. What's happening, though? Are you sick? No, I was just sleeping. I have the mute ability, so I can mute you if you start snoring. Okay, great. Welcome to Talk Like a Mother Parenting Autism Podcast. We are Jen, Kim, Rachel, and Jamie. Take a seat at our table as we share with hope, humor, and honesty. Hello, and welcome to Talk Like a Mother Podcast. Thanks for joining us. This episode, we are going to be talking about our outer selves as a continuation of our self-love series. And we're going to discuss different elements of outer self. We're going to talk about the masks we put on and the personas we portray. And then going along with that is the perception of us and how that all relates to our inner self and the self-love and maybe hitting on some of that in relation to us being parents to autistic individuals. Anyway, I thought we'd get started by kind of discussing how we feel we are perceived. Um, And then in a little bit, we can kind of get into like how we tried, like the persona and the masks we feel we put on, but how overall we feel we are perceived, what people see when they look at us. And I know that relates to a little bit of like inner self, because obviously that's our perception of that. But I think that will help explain why we mask or, you know, portray ourselves the way we do. Anyway, does anyone want to start or you guys want me to start? Take it away, Jamie Ramos. I mean, it's hard to know how you perceive it. I think that's something that for me coming into adulthood and even in like probably my teen years, I had to kind of figure out or people say things to you. Like I would always get, I was talking about my resting bitch face and they're like, oh yeah, because you know, you never look happy. Are you like saying these things to me as if I can see myself? And I'm like, oh, I guess I do put that out there. And it's hard trying to navigate that when you don't see yourself. And I think that's maturing and coming into adulthood is trying to figure out what people are perceiving of you. And I feel like a big part of that is our physical appearance. And I think some of that we can obviously control through rooming or different things. And some of that we can't control. I was joking before we got on, like, you know, we were all born with the faces we have. Yes, some people can change those faces, but the most of us really can't majorly change our faces or you know I'm 5'2 I've always been short and so it is funny how people kind of treat you differently when you're short and that's something I didn't really realize until I was older and it's not like a horrible thing I don't have any traumas from it or anything like that but people just perceive you a certain way like I was always like the cute little friend growing up and all that kind of stuff because I was short and I'm like nothing about my personality is really cute or I am more than a sidekick Yes, exactly. I was like, five, two, you towered over a little short me, but carry on with your bad self. That's why I'm friends with Jen, so I can feel better about myself. But it's so frustrating when you're in one pocket, like, because you always get referred to that way. So wherever you go, you're always that the little short. Oh, you're so short. My thing was I was tall and I hated it. I hated when people would, everybody would always say it though. So it's like, I get it. I'm tall. It's just like, it's just like so funny how people like say the same thing over and over and over. And you're just like, I got it. Thank you. Like the assumptions people make based off of that. Like I will be completely honest in that. Like, I mean, I've talked about this before, kind of jokingly on the podcast. a, A lot of people think I'm Hispanic. And I am of mixed race. My grandfather is Filipino. And so I am part Filipino, which is like, I love about myself. And I would love being Hispanic too. My husband's Hispanic. 
I think it's great. But people do treat you differently. I started, I didn't even really think about that because like most of my cousins and my family that I hang out with are on the white Caucasian side. And, you know, I just grew up identifying, feeling like I was white. And as I got older, really into middle school and high school, I was like, oh, people do treat me differently. Like I've talked about, like, I'll be out in a store and people will assume that I'm like a worker and stuff sometimes. Or people all the time will ask me if I speak English and stuff like that. I'm like, yeah, I don't, I can't speak anything else. But it is like those perceptions and those things that you can't control about yourself. It's just like, I mean, I guess I could go to great lengths to control that about myself. Like I have had blonde hair and stuff before. I don't know. Oh, I have a heyday with that one. I loved that blonde hair. Um, it's so funny that you say that, Jamie, because every store I'm in ever, people always think I work there. I have no idea why. <laughs> and I'm always like, I'm always like, well, sometimes I have my hair we grow up like my work shirt on, which is just like a t-shirt with the daycare name on it, which like looks nothing like the Walmart uniform. But they're always like, but I'm always like, yeah, I think it's like down a part of the aisle. <laughs> Just, aisle nine to the left it's like looks at me you work here I'm like I don't know why it's just so random and some of those things you don't know why people perceive you certain ways so I think that's a hard part of outer self I get like are you okay a lot and I think that like a I've got a scowl b resting bitch face d I am tired d I am not okay <laughs> e like, I'm sorry that you can see that from afar. You know, like, uh, mm, sorry. <laughs> or people see this other view of like confident and like, I've got this together and I've got a goal and I'm going to go get it. And like, I either stomp in or you see me like saunter and you're like, oh shit, she needs life support. You know, I, I feel like it's either. I have this example that I was thinking about when we've been talking about this episode and it's funny you guys all know all the the Minnesota moms that I hang out with and kind of do the Miracle League with or the music class so you know many of our peeps and our listeners do too I guess there is a friend of ours that has said something like and it's just that like mom's lunch is like I just want to be the mom drinking a coffee about it and I can feel that there are times I've shown up to the music class or to the uh, Miracle League or whatever. And I literally have a coffee in my hand and I'm becoming a bleachers mom, or I'm like trying to not be on the floor with Celie Flanagan. I'm trying to be on the other side of the fence at Miracle League. Like I'm deliberately using the safe place because there's a door mom, because there's a lights mom, because there's a fence mom to like step back from her because she's safe enough that I come with something filling my hands and something filling my time, and I've got this to fidget with instead of being super attached to Celia or being so attentive to her. So while one mom is thinking like, oh, it's so nice to sit in the back row and drink your coffee, you've got that kind of kid, I'm like holding myself like I'm chained to the chair, just holding the coffee, trying to not be in the mix with them. So the perception is so different than what my reality is. Meanwhile, if you weren't attending that music class with me, you might be like, what is with this mom drinking 54 shots of espresso at seven o'clock at night? And why does she look like that? Like, you know, it's just all the perception when really I'm just trying in that moment and I'm using these tools, you know, it's messed up because I feel, and I've said this on my inner self that like, I'm a mess and I'm either working through it or it's taken me down, you know? Anyway, I'm, I'm like sitting there using a tool, like a coffee at this music class and somebody else is like, Oh, looks that looks pretty good. You know, <laughs> like, dang it. must be nice. Yeah. When you were talking about the Minnesota moms, I was just thinking about 
So for me, like my outer, I don't know. I mean, I always think about work stuff for, for how much sort of my, I think outer and inner self has changed with my daughter's diagnosis. I used to do a lot of, you know, public speaking, public training, symposiums. So I was kind of, I don't want to say the star of the show, but I was, I, I emceed the entire event. I was on a microphone. I was on a stage, I, you know, I was doing, and I think I'd literally rather stick needles in my eyes now than have to do any of that. So I think, you know, people viewed me sort of in one way and now I'm so withdrawn from the person that I was that I, I, I often think about that. Like what a, what a difference I am. And I don't just mean like physically, just literally who I am to the core now. If that makes, I, I very yeah. much identify it with work, if that makes any sense, because that's just changed so much. I think mm-hmm. that's a huge part of that. And like the persona piece of it, it's like yeah. what we put out there. And then that might change because of maybe because of our inner selves or things that happen to us. And if those people don't see that change or know we've changed inside and all of a sudden we feel different, their assumption is that we're still that same old person. We were talking about last time, something like still feeling one way when the outside of you looks the other way. I was just thinking about that with being pregnant, how all the time I would, for, like when I was like huge pregnant, I would forget that I was pregnant. And I would look down and be like, oh yeah, my belly's huge. Like there's could be such a disconnect there for so many reasons for people. Speaking of being pregnant, I did, I was seven months pregnant with Kaya and I did a trade show with an IMC. There was, there was 650 people throughout the weekend that came through that door and I was pregnant and in heels and I didn't miss a beat. And now it's like, you know, I can't wait to get off the stage and you just find me in my hotel room. Don't, don't talk to me. I don't want to have a cocktail. I just want to go. It's a very big shift. Yeah. Very big shift. And it's interesting too, Jamie, because it's like, I don't really know how others perceive me, I guess. And then the other part of that is like, I feel like I'm perceived in different ways by different people and the different roles that I have. Like in work, I'm perceived one way for my staff. I'm kind of like everyone's mom. But then when it's like, you know, clients, it's more like I'm I'm viewed more in like a professional way. Do you know what I mean? Like they don't know anything yeah. really about my personality, about my personal life. I feel like just different people in my life view me in different ways. And like I, I've talked about before, like I have a lot of anxiety, depression, and people are always like, no, we, we don't see that. <laughs> Because you can't see that it's on the inside, people. <laughs> a lot of people perceive me as, you know, very confident. And I, I can be in certain situations. Like, I feel like I am confident in certain situations. But then in other situations, I'm less confident. But, like, I'm still perceived as confident. Like, it's just it's just funny. But I feel like in the different roles, you know, of, in my life, like, when my kids were little, I feel like I was kind of, like, just perceived as a mom. Like, I didn't necessarily, I didn't work for five years. You know, I had... My kids were spanned 11 years between my youngest and my oldest. I mean, I had four of them. I was always just juggling kids. And then I'd have be juggling other people's kids on top of my kids. You know, I feel like that's just kind of like what you're perceived as. Like, you know, yeah. kind of like, no, I don't want to say just a mom. But like, I mean, I feel like I also identified that way for a long time, too. Like I've talked about, like, it's weird what your kid's getting older. Because it's like, of course, I'm still a mom. I'm always going to be their mom. And especially with Alyssa, like she's not going anywhere anytime soon so it's like I'm still obviously taking care of a she's an adult but you know she's childlike it's just like a weird shift when like that's all you've kind of identified with I guess is like being a mom driving kids here and there doing this it's everything that you do for them and everything that like 
is happening. You know, I was a dance mom. Yeah. And then that kind of shifts. And it's like, sometimes you feel like you're just like floating, you know, or people see me as like an autism advocate or like an autism mom or people that know me in like different avenues, you know, but it's like, you're kind of like all those things and none of those things at the same time. Yeah. Mm. I know that doesn't make sense, but like, none it's of like those things fully because you you're all of them all the time. Yeah. And like, I really relate to what Jamie was saying about the RBF because I definitely have that. But on top of that, I have like, I have really bad ADHD that like I have acquired as an adult or probably already had, but like much worse with like life becoming overwhelming and so many different things that like, I'll just be thinking about. So in my, in my, he'll be like, what's the matter? And I'm like, oh, nothing. And he's like, I was like, oh, I was just thinking about like X, Y, Z or like, you know what I mean? So it's like, oh, I get like, that. That's what I'm saying. Like, People are like, you look in turmoil right now. What's happening in there? <laughs> like, you're like, like, go, you're like I'm just trying to figure us. out what we need for dinner. Like, I don't know. It's just, it's so interesting, I guess, you know, um, but yeah, different people definitely, I feel like, perceive you in different ways. And I perceive myself in different ways sometimes, which I know, like, we kind of did talk about, like, the whole inner self thing. But it's like, I perceive myself in different ways, kind of depending on how I'm feeling about, like, life and what's going on, how tired I am. I feel like that has a huge, like, portion of, like, how I feel like I'm definitely more negative and, like, more angry quicker and stuff like that when I'm really tired and then if, you know as opposed to when I'm like feeling better then I don't like fall into those things as much so I mean I guess at those times I'm probably being perceived as a BITC <laughs> <laughs> that's a good segue into talking about how we mask or the persona we feel like we put out this is where like being a parent comes into me and I think especially like a parent to a child with disabilities where it's like I don't have as much time I feel like as I did when I was younger to mask or be concerned about the persona I was putting out I think a lot so I mean as some of you know I grew up very religious and so and I think this happens with most kids no matter what you act differently at home than you do out other places and so we all mask in that way like a lot of us know masking in the way of like autism that our kids mask in public for certain ways but everyone Mm -hmm. masks you know at well, yeah, point. and it's your comfort level too, right? Yep. And so it's comfort like level. what, who you're willing, you know, who I am with you guys isn't necessarily who I would be at the PTA meeting or. Well, that's a damn shame, Jane. You well, should be real you. I send my husband to the PTA meeting. So I know. That's, go to that's my mask is my husband. <laughs> I gained some height and wait for that one. But do you guys feel like you even are worried about that anymore? I think for me, it comes up like when we had the retreat last year, all of a sudden I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm probably 20 pounds heavier than I should be. And I'm supposed to go to this retreat in like a couple months. Or I haven't plucked my eyebrows in six months because the only place I go is to take my son to therapy. Like all these different things. It's like, whoa, that's when it like hits me of like me becoming more worried about my outer self. But like in my day to day, I'm not as concerned because I'm so engulfed in raising children, autism appointments, anxiety, everything else. I think that this life totally leaves fewer F's to give to all the other things. Like it just does. You are stripped down to so many brass tacks parts of this life. And like so much effort has to go into maintaining those things that, yeah, I have way fewer to give way fewer. But I also feel like for me, my inner self and outer self blend so much when I'm under the shelter of within my home and sort of this bubble where all of it is such a jumble that 
I don't care because nobody's perceiving me. I'm just making these phone calls and you all have to be a strong mom to get these phone calls done or that intake done or that like, I, I feel like this life has given me more of that like hound dog nature. Like I'm in fight or flight. And so I'm fighting like we're still fighting to get everything because we're fighting to get everything. And that, I don't know, like it's all just such a jumble. What I perceive, who I am, the doubt that I carry, the voice that I have on the phone, the strength that I use to write an email. Like it's so mashed together in yeah. just like within parenting. And yeah, try and judge me as a parent. <laughs> it's like not going to be half of what I say to myself. And it's also probably going to be wrong because you don't get this, you know, not you guys, not our <laughs> listeners. You know, I used to care, you know, she was young. She was two and a half. She was diagnosed. I worked all the time. I, I didn't talk about the autism. I worked through it all the time. So a lot of people for a really long time didn't know. And then the more I talked about it and the more I was open about it, the more I wrote about it, the more kind of, I think, raw you feel about it. And I think that also changes a little bit about how you even kind of walk through it outside of the autism life. But then also for other people, it's it always ends up being when, if we were to have lunch or we, it's, it, it's always that either, how's Kaya doing in that sort of, sad tone or wow she's really gotten better huh <laughs> you know so I feel like I pull back from that sort of socializing aspect of things with people too if that makes any sense yeah you know there's always that sort of same yeah which changes how I how you yeah. carry yourself and how you engage in the yeah in the surroundings yeah right? it's your persona like what you put out and how much do you care to kind of mask anymore or and I don't anymore. Like now I don't. And I don't it. know if that's because of our life situations or just is that part of the maturity? Is that like, maybe that is those, I don't give a F is matching the inner self. Like this is, this is me. This is what you got. I really feel too. Like I think of like things like when people are like, oh, hi, like, how are you? And I'm like, fine, I'm great. And they're like, well, how's it going with Alyssa? Great. Everything's great. Like, yeah, it's good. But like, it's literally never the case. Not never. I mean, I am great sometimes. But like, I was great when I was on my cruise. Um, but like, it's no matter what's going on at home, like I answer the same, you know, like you yes. almost feel like you have to put on this front or maybe, maybe I don't know if I feel like I have to, but you just, because do you really want to hear about it? Do you really want to hear about how, you know, my kids like throwing us off on the ground and she's screaming and she's anxious and she's you know, all these things or whatever may be happening, not to say it's always like that, like sometimes it's fine. But you know, there are times when it's anything but fine. But does this person really want to hear that? Like, I don't feel like they do. They don't really understand it either. And it's just like, you know, so I feel like in that sense, I've learned to mask, like from like, a really long time ago, it's more understood, and more talked about now in general, but it's still like the same thing. And then back to what Jen was just saying, like, yeah, it would always be like, is she talking yet? First thing. Nope. She's still not talking. She's nonverbal. She's still not talking. Thank you. And then the second question would always be is, oh, do, do you think she's going to talk? Don't know. I don't know if she's going to talk. Like, But like, she's a whole person without being able to talk. So it's just like, but of course, like, I know people don't mean anything bad by it. Like, it's just like a natural thing because they don't, you know, a lot of people that I know they don't know they've never known anyone who couldn't talk like she's the only person they they know like that so it's like and this kind of like stopped 
as she got like to a certain age but it's like and then everyone's just always like you're so strong you're so great with her like Uh, I don't know how you do it and it's like but it kind of puts that thing on you where you feel like you have to be a strong person and you feel like you have to present yourself that way because like nobody wants to listen to you I'm not talking about like the people that are you know in my inner circle obviously yeah that's different but even people in my own family like they would they would make comments and I really don't think you can just truly understand what this life is like unless you're living it or like you're literally witnessing it things like yeah like I used to feel like a lot of guilt especially about my son because he really was he really got the shit under the stick like he was only five when she was diagnosed we were already going through a year and a half of really hard times before that so like probably started when he was like three and a half four and he just always got the back seat it's just the way it had to happen like it wasn't the you know um and we obviously try to make up up for that in other ways so people would be like oh that's just family like that's just what you do for family and it's like no it's not just family like he's literally having to sacrifice and go it out time and time again whether that's even time with his parents or being able to go places like that's not just what you do for family that you know what I mean? It's like they don't have the understanding of like what that's like. So it's just almost feels like a waste of breath to try to explain that to people, like even people in your own family. So I feel like then you just put on that thing of like, no, nope, everything's great. Everything's fine. Yeah. And they're just like, wow, you're just so strong. It's like, yeah, because I'm not going to sit there and be crying about it. And I feel like that becomes kind of a habit, which for some people, I think it helps you because it's, you just have to do that. You just have to do that to be okay. But like other times it's like now things have kind of shifted. There's a lot of blogs and pages and a lot of different things where it's like more accepted to talk about. But it's even though I am part of that community, it's hard for me to fully make that shift. It's just like an interesting thing because it's like I feel like society kind of makes you, you know, how many people? Oh, you're like a super mom. It's like not really. People just want to give you like the easy answers or or tell you just like those things it's like they're trying to build you up I think but it's like don't say that because you're denying what's really going on I couldn't do it what do you want me to do leave her at the fire station like I have to do it I have to get up and I have to do it and I have to do and I'm talking about now obviously like it's a lot different now but when she was younger like it was just hard all the time and it's like I gotta get up and do it she's my kid I gotta take care of her like it's just like there's not there's not really a choice but then it's like, it's almost like people like are perceiving you as this like strong super mom, but it's like, yeah. And yeah, like, yeah. And in, in a way it's true. You do become strong. You have to become resilient, but it's like, that's just like one part. That's just like one part of it. That's just like, it's the it's same. Like, though. It's the same as like masking for your mental health. And you know, with the same exact depression, you like, so you'll say it's okay. And then somebody will give you some compliment yeah. knowing part of your struggle from before and really you're crumbling inside. And then they're like, you answer, you're fine. Things are going great. You get on with it. I mean, it's just culturally, you well, can't yeah. always unload in the entryway of work. How yeah. you doing? Great. For me, I get a lot of anxiety around a lot of things, but like going to appointments. But like once I'm at that appointment, that person yeah. would have no clue that it took like everything in me to get to that doctor's appointment yeah. or whatever. Because like, that's where the masking comes on. And that's like, I portray myself. And really part of that's like a defense of like, I want to get in and out of there. And then when it comes to my kids and those things, it's like, I want to sound sure of myself. So like, they don't question as a parent or whatever, you know, you're already short. So they think, (laughs) who's this child mother? (laughs) So I thought we'd go on to discuss outside of perceptions of other people, 
our perceptions of ourselves. So like, how do we see ourselves when we look in the mirror? I know we talked about that a little bit, like from the inner angle of that last time, but like, you know, that ongoing battle, which has to do with both is like how we see ourselves when we look in the mirror, how we perceive our bodies and our relationship with our bodies. I know sometime soon we're going to kind of talk about like the diet, weight loss culture um, kind of stuff. But like, you know, this whole, the last few years was like that body positivity thing. And I feel like, you know, like all these celebrities, like it was kind of cool. We had like bigger celebrities and they were like, whatever, I love my body, you know what? And then they invented a drug called Ozempic or whatever. And now it's like, nope skinny we don't have to specifically talk about weight but how you see yourself in the mirror and how that relates back to all that outer saw myself a lot thinner last monday is all i can say oh shut up jack <laughs> oh, we off the rails i'll let someone else start for me obviously i'm very overweight and that i think does affect the way i think about myself because i don't like the way that i look and then it's like i'm like you don't like the way you look but then you don't do anything to change. I mean, I do try here and there, but then I kind of give up. So it's like, and then that just, I just kind of get down on myself about that because if you don't like it, you could change it, but you don't change it. So it's like, it's just like a whole thing. And I really think that a lot of it's tied into like, you know, my mental health. Like sometimes I'm just not thinking about it and I'm not really that worried about it. And I'm just going on doing what I'm doing. And then other times it's like, you know, I, it just depends like the certain situations I'm in. Like it, I feel it's I'm more uncomfortable and more noticeable, but like when we go on a plane, I have to get a seatbelt, et cetera. Like, that's like, it's just a little harsh reminder of like, Neil, I never ask for Neil always has to ask because it's like so embarrassing. And I know I'm not the only heavy person, but it's just like, it's just like one of those things. And it just, it really makes yourself, it just makes you feel bad about yourself because there's such a emphasis even though it's body positivity it is changing like I I do notice like with my kids they're not as hot on themselves about like stuff like that and they're just like you know like my daughter cares like there's nope there's only body body positivity over here like there's no body shaming around here and I mean my kids will go out with a crop top they don't they could care less and and it's good like I I love seeing that change with like the kids that are coming up nowadays because it's just not as much emphasis put on it um but that wasn't the way I grew up so it's like in my in my own mind I don't like the way that I necessarily look and now I'm freaking getting old on top of it so I'm like I shouldn't have to be fat and old like this is not fair <laughs> I at least always had going for me that I looked I looked young I always joke that the fat just hides the wrinkles <laughs> but um a girl it does okay it does sometimes sometimes it doesn't bother me as much as others and I really think that also just ties into like all the other things that you're going through in your life like when things are really hard it's just like it's just like another thing when you're depressed when things are hard when your kid is like having a hard time when you have money struggles it's like all these things that are happening I feel like it's just you have or I have a more negative perception of myself even though I look the same as when like maybe things are a little bit better and all that stuff's not happening. I don't, I'm not so hot on myself about it or harsh. It's kind of like, eh, you only live once, eat the cake, get the iced coffee. I feel like it's just very complicated. Yeah. I don't know. Hard. I think there's such a, like, you don't care until you like look in the mirror and then it's like, okay, why do I care now? Like, why am I putting myself down in this moment where it's like, I was just enjoying life over the weekend hanging out with family, eating food. I wasn't thinking about like what I'm putting in my body, all that stuff. I mean, it's important what we put in our bodies. Don't get me wrong. But like, 
not counting the calories or worrying about this and this and then like and it's like why do I have to like let the mirror ruin that for myself kind of thing the comparing I think too is like another thing for me so like obviously we all beat up in Minnesota and we got our pictures taken you know and then it's like I'm the biggest one so it's just like in in that in that moment it's like and and I try to like let it go I try to you know you guys always help me and like encourage me and all that you know and in you know my family does and stuff like that too so it's like I try to like let it go and not let it hold me back from doing things I mean the first time we did it I literally cried like it's just a hard it's a hard thing for me because then it's right in your face I feel like in certain environments you just think about it more because like you might be looking looking around at other people more and and thinking about how they perceive you or because I don't perceive myself well I think that they don't perceive me in that way but like you said in other environments where I'm in my element and I'm comfortable then I'm not necessarily thinking about it so it's just I feel like it's like a lifelong process to come come to kind of terms with that you know Mm -hmm. that's a moving target constant the balance of all of that I feel For me, I have always been heavier, like a heavier girl in the friend group or heavier than I was last year. No, not really. I'm always like 230 pounds. I will say that my favorite thing about my self-image is that I can flip it and reverse it. So this one time I was talking to my friend about how much I weighed. And then we figured out that that 230 pounds I mentioned that I have been my almost my whole adult life is only 16.4 stone. Sounds better. Looks better. I mean, remember that, Jane? Yeah. We figured that out together. I'm like, listen, I'm only 16 stone, so everybody else can suck it. My issues are not with the size of my jeans because I'm like a size 14 to a size 18 jeans or pants, just depending. My issue is that my bottom half might be a 14 and my top half is still a size 20 or whatever. Like I'm... I've got a cockamamie shape. And like I mentioned in a prior episode or two, I feel like I learned to dress that. And so again, I've worked on my acceptance of my outer self. What happens to me now is that I have this image of what a Rachel is. And then I look in the mirror and she's like, I have ashy insides. I just feel like I'm gray and like my life source is tapped and my exhausted shows through my skin. So I feel like it's not about puffy or like overweight. It's just like straight depleted. Like I just feel haggard, but I'm like startled by the mirror. I'm like, whoa, shit. What happened to you? You've not slept in 84 years. Like I remember walking by the mirror going like, it just caught me off guard one day. And I was like, oh, when did that happen? Shoot. Yeah. Hmm. And it's not like I feel like I'm like, less worthy but I'm like dang girl you've had a fab fit fun enough to fill a whole closet why don't you exfoliate that I don't know <laughs> fix it <laughs> oh I forgot about fab fit fun <laughs> I feel like, like I'm in self-care business before this life like yeah. I'm the one that's like exfoliating and dry brushing towards my heart now I'm like did I use a pillowcase I don't even know like what's happening no. I had my oldest at 27 26 or 27, one of those. And the beginning was hard for us. It toddlered the baby years. It was really colicky, all that stuff. And like, I, you know, before that I was in my twenties and I'll, I'll say, I was very lucky that like, I've grown up, I've always been like a very skinny person. And I, and I know like the opposite, like I have siblings that 
they've always just been bigger their whole lives. It's, we ate the same crap. We, you know, it's just bodies. And, and, you know, of course, after having kids, you're going to put on weight easier and things like that. And that was like hard for me, but it was really not even just weight wise, but it was like throughout those years, cause they were so tough, you, you know, I would go out and do things here and there, but it wasn't like I ever really looked at myself. And then I, mm-hmm. I really feel like when things like settled for a moment, probably around like five for like a second. And I just looked at myself. I'm like, oh my gosh, like I'm just like jumping from hair color to hair color. I'm doing this. I'm doing that during all of this. And then when I settle, I'm like, oh my gosh, I've like, I feel like I went from like mid twenties to like mid thirties and like a leap because I just feel like I wasn't around for those years. Like really, I was like in a, a funk. I was in a hard place mentally and, you know, parenting wise. And so like how you guys are saying, like one day you walk past me and you're like, oh, like, and it's, and part of it's just normal aging, but I just feel like I didn't get to like watch that aging process of myself. And I, yeah. And like so much like the beauty industry now is like fillers and this and that. And I'm like, well, I missed the boat on that. I'm paying for therapies and things like that. And so it's like, it's like a harsh reality to wake up to. And I feel like for me, like I had like acne really bad growing up. And so now I have like, I hate my skin. I hate this and this about myself. And I mean, you guys know, you guys like try to compliment me. And like, I just oh my God, I thought day, you like, said you guys con me. I was like, what? You guys do con me. Um, yeah. And um, she's like, oh yeah, wait until you guys see me in person. We're like, well, we're just going to dunk you. So don't worry about it. You're going to look yeah. great when we're well, done with but you. I, I was going to say, I remember like the day Rachel being like, cause you know, you guys would like say nice things about me, which is very nice. And, and I would be like, okay. Yeah. And then one day Rachel's like, oh, you really don't believe us. And I was like, no, like she thought I was being like humble, being like, oh no, 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 no. Cause I mean, I, I, and then I almost flew to goddamn Denver with a f- mirror. Okay, here's what a beautiful thing looks like. Bitch. I got all the mirrors. I have magnifying mirrors. I look. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it doesn't matter what other people tell you. It's really how you feel about yourself. Like it yeah, really and what, Like, And that's how I see myself. Like I see all the flaws, which we do in ourselves. It's like, what do you see in the mirror? Where it's like, what something that's the biggest deal to you may or may not, like yeah. people may or not even care about or like see that in yourself or like you may and, think you look or be attracted way, like, to those things. About that thing. Yeah. And then when they see it, they're like, like, whatever, you know, like some people are like, oh, my eyes are so big. And I'm like, I love big eyes. because My eyes are so little. And then like other people are like, oh, I love your eyes. Like they're blue. I love blue eyes. Like, you know, and I'm like, well, you can't see them because my eyes are so squinty. <laughs> but it's like what like somebody else sees like that you don't like is like sometimes what other people do like. It's just funny, but going on what Rachel said of like, like kind of being like the same for a long time. I think that's also my struggles because I was not always a big person. Like I was tiny. I was little. I was five eight and like one hundred and twenty eight pounds. Like you know, and then I gained a lot of weight so with my you son. Look like me right now. Yes, just like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I gained seventy two pounds with my son, and like I lost forty. And honestly, I was not that happy. I was thirty pounds overweight not 30 pounds of weight. Cause I definitely was not like, I was like definitely probably underweight when I got pregnant with him. And plus I was, you know, a teenager still, but I was probably like 20 pounds overweight, which I thought I was my size now in my mind. Like I look at yes. pictures and I'm like, what's wrong oh. with me? I look Teenage great. body <laughs> dysmorphia. Oh. If I could go back yeah. to the first time I but thought like I was I did fat, have... are you kidding? Yeah. But I, I have a thing of like, I do carry weight in my face. So even when like, I wasn't super heavy, I had the weight in my face. And then that's all I see. Like, that's all I would see 
in in my mind i was like 250 300 pounds like you know no you weren't bitch you were 180 and you probably should weigh like 172 so like <laughs> you were fine and then i got pregnant with Alyssa. you know i g- gained 30 pounds lost 30 pounds and then through her diagnose which i never really like put a thing on it because it was like a slow process but i had gone to see a nutritionist and they're like you know trying to like get it down and like i gained 70 pounds the issue diagnosed and she's like it's just your reaction to basically because it's kind of like a you know she's like it's similar to a divorce or like what you would go through you know if you lost someone like some people do some people lose and some people gain your metabolism and your body chemistry just changed throughout that process of what you went through I never really lost like I would lose like 20 pounds gain 30 lose you know it would just kind of go back and forth and um and then you know I got pregnant two more times so like that didn't kind of help anything and I was you know I didn't I've never like gone to a gym like that was just like an expense that we didn't have I didn't have time for it I didn't have someone to watch my kids like it just didn't even like really you know you're eating so bad because it's like you're you know you're when you have a lot of, left over kids yeah like yeah or like you're just eating on the run or like you're eating a bag of chips because like that's what you had time for like in that moment or or whatever it is so it's just like a lot of you know things contribute to that but I feel like it's just like when you've been small I mean now I've been heavy for a long time but like you know even like 15 years ago like I was small for the first half of my life and then heavy I think it's hard to like come to terms with that like change you know that was kind of hard for me and I I was always like the tall skinny one you know people would always be like you're so tall and thin like you should be a model you're so tall and thin do you play basketball those are the two things that I always got and I'm like okay um now they're like you're so tall and fat I'm just kidding nobody says that that meme which is like my favorite meme where it's like I wish I was as fat as I was in that picture yes. when I thought I was fat. Yeah, literally though. Yeah. I was you know, like 155 just... wearing express jeans that day. Stovepipe denim. Hello. Okay. I'd love to go back to that one. Thank you. Oh God. It's just, it's just so funny. Cause it's like, you just, you just view it in such a different way. And, and then when you're running and you're momming and your hair's in a messy bun and like you're not putting makeup on, not that people have to put makeup on to be beautiful, but I'm not saying that, but it's like, you're just doing all these other things to contribute to like not feeling like you look the greatest. People are like, I, I, when is my Botox appointment? And I'm like, did I put deodorant on? We're just in like a different phase of this. I, I mean, I think I see, the grind. I see, a, you know? I see a picture and I'm like, who let me walk around like this? Like, what is wrong with you people? Have you guys ever been at the store and like caught yourself in like the secured, you know, like we, I'm sure I bet every girl at this table is like, I'm never going to be that mom walking in sweats to Walmart, blah, blah, blah. And then here I am and I'll catch myself in the thing. And I'm like, oh my gosh, what is Remember when I got this? Okay. There's two moments of my life that are like that. You both, you all know about both of them. Remember when I was in Mesa, Arizona, and I got a speeding ticket, and the DMV sent me a picture of me like driving to <laughs> W, and I had like I had more chins than hills to Sedona, and then it was just terrible. And then the second time I made that face, I'm on Jen Dunn's page. <laughs> in the biggest group picture where everybody looks like Claudia Schiffer and I look like whatever that green guy is in that movie about the space people. What's that guy? Uh, Pull it out. You blew your face up. There's another photo of me from that trip that is just as bad. That is also- You made a t-shirt. 
<laughs> it is terrible. No, Jamie, your picture was banging, but I did it in 3D and it really <laughs> you over. That's what happened. Remember, ladies, the camera puts on 10 pounds. <laughs> oh, she puts on more than that. That camera puts on at least I, 100. I don't know what you're I think another aspect for us, or for me at least, is social media. You know, so social media obviously wasn't really a thing for, for me when I was younger. And then um, I, when I started doing Alyssa's page and then started showing, you know, doing like to do a live in the beginning, I was like, I was like, I can't do that. Who's going to want to look at this face? You know what I mean? But they get to listen to this mouth. So I guess it's like a concession you have to make. And in my mind, like it was just, just looking at yourself. That was like super uncomfortable for me at first, like just doing live making videos. And then you have to look at yourself the whole time that you're speaking. Like it was that was like, that was, that was torture in the beginning. I mean, now I'm like used to it. It doesn't bother me as much, but I feel like it ties into that thing where Jamie said, like when you're in your house, you know, with your family, like you're not thinking about it. You, you know, you do a Facebook live. I mean, that stuff's on the internet forever. So I don't know. Do you add to the problem by filtering yourself to no end? Like I do on the zoom or do you just act like real and ragged so that when people see you in public, you're like pleasantly plumper and less wrinkly oh my gosh well, I, I can tell you about that the other day I what this is my issue I photograph better than I look in real life. bro I look like a I photograph bitch in a picture and I'm not love. kidding you so many people I think I've have I said this on here before or just to you guys I so many people have come up to me when they meet me in real life after like seeing me online and stuff like that and I won't say necessarily with my blog or anything like that but they'll be like you are so photogenic like they'll say that to me and you're I'm like, real like butterface i made you're like you're like thank you thank you and they're not referencing a photo in that moment they're just like they're like oh you're so photogenic because it's like it's like oh you're not as good looking as you look on the internet jamie what well, they I mean should... is you're an incredible photographer when i take a picture of my kid it looks like they're standing in grass yours have a castle behind them I You're will say, like, my blog doesn't completely count. And I will say, like, not even with that, because, like, a lot of my blog posts are usually filtered or edit of some sort, especially with my kids in them, because I feel like some somehow, like, if I put in the watermark and, like, some weird gray filter over, people won't try to take my photos and stuff as much. But, like, this except is outside. Except for Miss McIsaac. McIsaac I'm not editing takes all your pictures. Me. Oh, yeah. Kimmy does take all my pictures, but that's okay. I've started doing that recently, but I noticed Kimmy was collecting my children's photos, but Kimmy can have them. They're all up here. I'm just kidding. I told Rachel the story that like so people that are on TikTok like TikTok automatically puts a filter on you so like it's already there um and it's great I'm like I look great on TikTok I, I can get used to this and then one day I'm doing a video on TikTok and I'm like oh I'm like why do I look like this and I'm like if this is what I look like with the filter on like I'm really scared to take it off because I must have really gone downhill in the past few months without realizing it and it comes to in fact the TikTok filter was off it's not <laughs> off so our views of ourselves are I think more because of that because I mean I'll be honest there's days that if I'm doing a lot of stories on my thing I'm looking in my camera more than I'm looking in my actual mirror and like our selfie cameras on our phone they're make like if you go into your settings all of our selfie I mean some of us might know and have turned these off all your selfie cameras are designed to make your face look smaller they put a little filter on you that you can move up and down and so like that's how we're seeing. And then when we look ourselves in the real mirror or like 
in a different photo. Me running to the selfie edit. Don't ever look in that camera. I'm just going to tell you. Right You're like, now. oh, because like our idea of like not even how ourselves should look, but other people in general are supposed to look is so morphed now. A nice thing about the filters is that they've kind of calmed down, but now they're like so subtle that like, you know, remember it was like always people had like the dog filter and this and that, but now it's like so subtle that it's like, Oh, that's oh how they really look. I know all these people in my industry that filter themselves. It's so, they look like they're AI generated. It's ridiculous. Like, girl, you don't look like that. We can tell that you don't look like that. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Yeah, that's I, how Kimmy chooses to identify. <laughs> yes. I'm going to identify as, I identify as an avatar. Have you seen our logo, people? I look great. <laughs> but it is it's hard because we like expect that now like in general of how everyone should look and it's like I don't know if you guys saw on TikTok recently there was this chick and she was like ranting she's like we shouldn't use filters anymore blah blah but she's clearly had like her lips are huge like all this filler and all oh. it, like she's and everyone's like really dogging on her now because of all that and it's like yeah you don't have you don't have to use actual filters because you have like Lumber. it's just where we're at anyway I mean I feel like if it makes you feel better then do it like you have fake eyelashes you have a pound of makeup on you know the, all this stuff your hair done straight and all this to make yourself look better well what's the difference of a filter you're yeah, just using like a real life filter not the camera one yeah. you know what I mean mm, mm -hmm. whatever you I mean it's the same thing if somebody spends an hour to like do their makeup before they do a video like I know it's not the same but I'm just saying it's like it's just making that person feel better I don't have time for that or the skill Hey, if I'm doing a, a I'll tell y'all right now. And then people know because I always joke about how the filters do not go all the way up my forehead because I have a big forehead. Now they're insecure. <laughs> well, like you move. I'm not even that insecure about it. But I if I'm not wearing makeup, one thousand percent there's a filter on there. <laughs> like I just you know, Jamie, you used to do your lives and do your makeup with all these super impressive little tricks and brushes. Yeah, that I don't was really anymore. Uh -huh. I got two. I mean it, part of it's being insecure, but part of it it's like I don't know. I don't feel that wise. Less to give. Yeah, I need to do that. Yeah. Anyway, so with that, that was our discussion on ourself. Very enthralling, I hope. I hope you got a good laugh at us. We love to laugh at ourselves. I'll say that at least. Mm -hmm. We're starting this new thing with the podcast that we've talked about doing where we can all go around and give like one last thing, which is like up to a minute for each of us. If there's anything we want to vent about in general in life or something we feel like we didn't get to discuss during this episode, we can do it now. Just kind of a fun little thing. So does anyone want to go first? Oh, I have a burning one last thing. I have a burner. Okay. Rachel. Listen, today I went to the Starbucks. I drove there myself, which is to say that I did not DoorDash because I was just trying to get out of the house. All right. This is me make my effort. So I get out of my driveway. I do my mobile app so that I don't to talk to the people when I order six shots. Cause they're like, Oh Jesus, what do you need an IV for that? I don't want to talk about it. So I hit the buttons. I drive. I take a right. I take a left. I'm like, Oh look, I've got a green light. This is the best day ever. I get to the Starbucks. The lady is so offended because my orders not come through, which is not my problem. And as she says like, Oh, Rachel, with two drinks, which, yeah, I did. Yes, I did. Okay. She says to me, oh, they've just come through. It'll be a while. I'm sorry. Bitch. It would be the same amount of time if I ordered them using my words right now and you'd make them wrong and I'd still have to wait for eight shots to press. So just can you calm down and not give me some guff because your hitch in the giddy up is happening in your app? 
I don't care. That's not my issue. That's my one last thing. It just pissed me off all day. Well, I'm going to say, I'm happy that we have a logo, a new font to use with our new name and a new name. And it's all behind us. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Done. Gosh, Kimmy, airing it out. Jen, do you have anything? Well, you know, I just pulled my kid out of public education today, but I'm going to save that for another day. One last thing. Tried. We didn't make it. On we Actually, go. That really makes my barista problems seem like shit. <laughs> I mean, I also made the very bad mistake of using my child's name out loud on the podcast when she was in Ashot. So I don't really know. If you'll have to, I don't know if you'll have any of my conversations they might all have to be pulled out, but sorry. Jamie, what's your last one? Th- oh. One last thing. Just piggying back off of Rachel's, my son's birthday party was this weekend at midday at Chuck E. Cheese, which was insane. Friday afternoon, I was on the phone with Rachel and I got a call from the cake place and they're like, hey, we're putting this screen thing on the cake and we recommend you pick this up the day of the party because it, the sun might affect it, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, I was supposed to pick it up that day, Friday. And I was like, well, it's tomorrow. The party's on Saturday. And she was like, okay, I'll ha- I could do it tomorrow. I was like, okay, can you have it ready at noon? And we'll pick it up right before the party. She was like, yeah. So my sister went and picked up the, to go pick up the cake. And it wasn't, hadn't even like been, like the cake was made, but they hadn't like decorated it all the way. And so no my way. sister had to wait like 30 minutes and then my poor little nephew had to miss like the first 15 minutes of the party, which wasn't the end of the world because, you know, your Chuck E. Cheese card goes for a certain time allotted. But I was really annoyed. I'm like, you called me. And now my poor sister had to wait for the cake because I had her run and pick it up and just. Also, why with technology, why can you wrap a card in a graphic? How come you can fond into cake on a Thursday and it's still good for the wedding on Saturday? But you're selling me a product in 2024 that doesn't, that gets like droopy oopy in 24 minutes. Yeah. Shut the fuck up. I was just annoyed. And honestly, I should have just taken the droopy cake and put it in my fridge because when it was convenient, I just wanted the freaking emoji on top. It was an emoji cake. We had emoji, but it was a great party and we had a lot of fun. And Chuck E. Cheese was insane that time of day, but it was like the only time. And it's Monday afternoon and you don't even have a germ. I'm still alive. You made it through Chuck E. Cheese germs. Woo-hoo. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening and we'll see you next week. We have a great interview with Zoe Potter, which is really cool. And we're going to talk about uh, intuitive eating and kind of body stuff and all that jazz. So we'll see you then. See you then. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Talk Like a Mother Parenting Autism Podcast. If you are enjoying our podcast, make sure to rate and review us wherever you listen. And if you'd like to support us, you can become a subscriber. Just check out the description of this episode. Give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram for more content and we'll see you next time.